Good morning. You know, uh, this next Sunday, uh, we're going to have uh, sign-ups in the, in the Great Hall uh, where you can sign up for some of these connect groups. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be hearing from each one of the leaders in those groups, kind of uh, letting us know what they'll be studying and what it's going to be about. But hopefully, we're going to have materials out here that you can look at and uh, decide uh, where you want to plug in and be a part of. But uh, don't, don't just dismiss our connect groups. Um, it's a great thing for the body of Christ to come together in homes and study God's word together and talk about it. And we build community that way. And so I hope that uh, we could have 100% participation in our church, in our connect groups, uh, because we need that kind of connection with one another. But uh, consider that. You know, I'm, I'm delighted that we have our team back from Suriname. We also have people back from Florida. Thank you. <laughs> we're glad you're home. And uh, they, they were able to come home a couple of days early. And if you haven't had a chance to talk to Monica, she's on fire. Okay, just take a step back when you get in her presence. Um, but uh, she had the opportunity to lead a, a lady to the Lord, an 80-year-old lady, and uh, who prayed to receive Christ. And, and um, what a, a tremendous blessing. And, um, you know, when you work and you serve and then you see some fruit, uh, you see the harvest and uh, what, a, what a blessing it is. And I know that Monica was very uh, excited about it and I don't want to steal your thunder. I know you got a story to tell and, and I want you to tell that story. Um, you know, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that he gave his life for each one of us. If I didn't believe that with all my heart, I wouldn't be here this morning doing what I'm doing. But I believe that and, and I know, um, you know, we, we think about Christmas a lot. And, and uh, my title this morning is The Quest for Christmas. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot wrapped up in that. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. But, you know, after 32 years of marriage... I believe that I've gotten a whole lot better at my Christmas shopping. Pretty much I let my wife Tracy do it. And she does a much better job than I ever could. You know, I, I, uh, I heard about a dad recently who suggested that his family get for him a gift, um, you know, that, that the whole family... Uh, could get something out of, you know, something that, that would benefit everyone. And um, so they did. They bought him a new wallet. Something that the whole family could get something out of, you know. You ever received a, a Christmas present that you really didn't like? You know, the present? Here's some suggestions of what you can say if you get a gift that totally underwhelms you. You can say something like, hey, now there's a gift. Okay? Now there's a gift. Or you might say something more, you know, contemplative like, well, well, well. You know, as you ponder the, the, the gift. Or how about this one? This is perfect for wearing in the basement. You know, this is my f personal favorite. <laughs> I really don't deserve this. 
or something like this. To think, I got this the very year I vowed to give all my gifts to charity. You know, we hear a lot of negative attitudes expressed about Christmas. I mean, sometimes we might wonder if lots of people do not know how to find Christmas with all of its joyous fullness. I mean, it's such a joyful time. Our Savior has come. You know, we, we celebrate the birth of the Savior and people prepare and they end up disappointed and blue at Christmas time. Kind of reminds me of Charlie Brown. You know, Charlie Brown, he's walking away from the bowling alley and he's carrying a trophy. A very nice trophy. And, and he says, I won a bowling trophy. He's beaming with the smile. He's, he's full of pride. You know, he continues, all my life, all I've wanted is a trophy. Any kind of trophy. trophy and now I have a trophy. I won this trophy. He's excited about it. And about that time, he meets up with Lucy, his friend. And he says, hey, Lucy, look what I won. I won a trophy. And she said, well, let me see it. And she's looking at it. And and he says, you know, they give this to the kid who bowls over 100. And he said, I was bowling. And he said, I struck out in the 10th frame. And I ended up with 101. And so I won this trophy for bowling 101. He said, isn't that great? She replied as she looks at the trophy, she said, they spelled your name wrong. He said, what? She said, they spelled it C-H-A-R-L-I-E-B-R-A-U-N. Charlie Braun. She hands the trophy back to Charlie and starts laughing. She says, ha ha, he finally won a trophy and they spelled his name wrong. She turns and walks away and dejected, Charlie Brown says, I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Folks, that describes a lot of people when it comes to Christmas. Their feelings about Christmas, they just can't stand it. And for some reason, the meaning of Christmas is just not there anymore. I wonder why. See, all the hustle and bustle seems to have really replaced the true meaning of Christmas. And it doesn't have to be that way, because without Christ, there is no Christmas. So without Christ, if you are not celebrating Christ at Christmas time, what are you celebrating? You have nothing to celebrate without Christ. I mean, the modern world has commercialized it so much that that, that folks no longer see a reason to celebrate. It's become centered on Santa and gifts. And Christmas isn't just a holiday. It's a holy day. And there's a huge difference. See, I pray that the Spirit of God would speak to people's hearts so that they would seek Jesus at Christmas time. See, it's up to you what kind of Christmas you want. 
and have. I mean, this doesn't mean you won't get tired or grow weary. I'm, I'm sure the Magi, as they, as they were uh, searching for uh, Bethlehem and where the, the king was to be born, I'm sure they were exhausted from their long journey. And in spite of our superficial busyness at Christmas time, there's the weighty reality of Jesus. Who Jesus is. See, I want to suggest this morning some ways that I believe will help us experience Christmas and the Christ who is found in the manger. These suggestions are not particularly profound, just simple thoughts that struck me as I read through our text. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read down through verse 10. Familiar passage, but follow along with me. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star... In the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star, which, had been, excuse me, which, had, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. They opened their treasures. They presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. I ask that your Holy Spirit would just open it and reveal, shed some light on it for us. Father, that you would just uh, reveal to yourself in your word to us, that as we study, as we read, as we understand, Father, that your light would be shined upon us. Father, I pray for the salvation of souls. I ask, Father, that today, that you would draw men and women unto yourself. Father, I pray that you would be that you would do a great work in each of our lives and that we would be transformed because of our relationship with you. Lord, we love you. 
Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we talk about a quest for Christmas. Really, that's the pursuit, if you will. The pursuit of Christmas. And your quest will be in proportion to your desire. I mean, sometimes we don't find what we're looking for because we're not looking hard enough. I mean, notice the long journey of the Magi, these wise men from the east. They came from the east and they were not forced to leave their home. They were not forced to leave their country or their people. And they simply could have said something like, well, I see there's a new star in the sky, and that must mean that there has been a king born somewhere. Most of us probably would not have even noticed. But they noticed a star, and they recognized that they needed to go, and instead of just sitting comfortably, they went in search of. They packed their bags and they left. They left their homes. They left their country. They left their people in order to find the newborn king. Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone in order to experience Jesus. Now listen, we have to do the same thing. If we're going to celebrate the Christ, the Messiah, in Christmas... We have to go in search of him. Because of what Christmas has become, a holiday rather than a holy day, we, we go in search of, and when we look behind all the facades, behind all the glitter, behind all the traditions, the laughter, the shopping sprees, the binges, the charades and the parades, and the enticing commercials... We have to look behind all of that stuff. We have to make a magnificent journey behind all of that in order to find the Christ who is in the manger. We have to do that with intentionality. It doesn't just happen. We're bombarded by all of those things every single day. See, when we examine our observance of Christmas, there's not any stars to see much less to guide us. See, it's a long way through this jungle of superficiality to the reality of the manger. But if you want to get to Bethlehem and experience the Christ of the manger, do not grow weary in your desire. It's easy to give up and stop short. For Christ to be real in you, You must put some strength to your zeal. I like to think of it this way. Put some power in your passion. Put some might in your muscle. You can have muscle and still not have strength. You see, you have to put some energy in your eagerness. This Christmas, don't just go through the motions. Truly, find Go in search of Jesus Christ. See, to see the star, you must be looking for it. I'm sure that the star was in the heavens for everyone to see. But the reality is, is by the time we get home from a long day's work, 
By the time we've wrapped up all of our busyness, we're too weary and too tired to go out and do any stargazing anymore. We just want to get off our feet and we want to Netflix and chill. But you see, to see the star, you must be looking for it. It would truly be a sad time to go through this Christmas season and not see the star that will point you to Christ. See, it's up to us, though, to brush aside all of those other things that cloud our mind's eye and cause us to lose sight of that glorious star, the one that shines at Christmas time. You have to look for it. You have to search it out. And I want, you to, and I want to encourage you this morning to look for the star. You may find the star in places you don't expect. You may see it in a child's eye on Christmas morning as they look at that tree. You may feel the warmth of the star as you <laughs> it beams radiating from a smile on someone's face. You may feel it. As you express joy in your worship. As you voice a prayer. As you shake the hand of a friend. But you see it's up to you. What you find. The simple truth is. Is that you won't see the star of Christmas. Unless you look for him. Secondly I would say this. You must start if you're going to arrive. No journey that hasn't been started is ever completed. In order to complete it, you have to start it. In order to start, you have to start if you expect to arrive. See, Herod had no desire to make the journey. He's comfortable in the castle. He's content with a second-hand report. I want you guys to go find Jesus and then report back to me. He doesn't want to make the trip. He doesn't want to go in search of. He simply wants them to report back. And I think of it this way. The king of the Jews was being hunted by the king of the Jews. See, Herod became very troubled at the thought of another king... And he was a wicked man and he wanted to destroy anyone or anything that might threaten his reign or his throne. And he wanted to find Jesus so that he could kill him. So that he could do away with him. And this was evident by the slaughter of all the male children we read about in, in verse 16 of this same chapter. See, it didn't take long for people to take Christ out of Christmas. And no doubt Herod's actions were the result of Satan's influence. Because he certainly didn't want Jesus to make it to the cross. But see, history repeats itself. Many in our day are at work trying to remove Christ from Christmas. And I never thought I would see this day in America. I mean, we grew up. 
You know, having the, 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 knowing what Christmas was about, knowing that it was about Christ. And even in school, we had plays and programs where the nativity scene was, was, was played out. And even folks who didn't go to church recognized that Christmas was a day of Jesus Christ's birth. Recently, there's a push to replace that Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays. We don't want to offend people from other religions. Specifically Muslims. The Jews have holidays that are specific to their religion. The Muslims have holidays that are specific to their religion. Christians have a holy day that is specific to our religion. We celebrate the birth of Christ on Christmas. See, I don't get that. We have to stand up. We have to reclaim Christmas as a Christian holy day. We need to instill it in our children that the reason for Christmas is the birth of Christ. He's not just a hero of our faith. He is the hero of our faith. He is our Savior and Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is God incarnate in the flesh. See, notice that the Magi, after they, they heard the king, they went their way and they arrived to see the living Lord. They saw the Savior who came to take away the sins of the world. I love that because in chapter 1, verse 21, it says, She, shall bear, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If you want to see the Christ in the manger, then you have to go to Bethlehem. You must take the journey and hear me now, no one can make this journey for you. No one can go to Bethlehem for you. Maybe you're wondering how you can get there. I want to suggest that you go by way of family worship. Gather your family around this, this Christmas season. Gather them together for breakfast and read the account of, of the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and, and ask God to come into your home. Worship Him. Worship the Savior. See, Christmas time is a time of praying together. Folks, this is what we need to recapture. Listen to what I'm saying. Christmas time is a time, it's a praying time, it's a sharing time, it's a singing time, it's a relating time, it's a loving time. I mean, this is what Scripture tells us in the birth narrative, in the birth account. Christmas is a time to discover new life with our Savior. 
He came and dwelt in the flesh so that we might be forgiven of our sin, so that we could be reconciled to Almighty God. He came to give to us what we could not do ourselves. See, the journey, when I'm talking about prayer, can bring surrender and repentance welling up in your heart before God. As we pray, let repentance, let surrender come into that. A sharing time you can, can bring you to the giving of your life. Maybe, maybe giving of yourself. Maybe giving up some of your ease. Suffering a little bit so that others can know Jesus. I talked about a singing time. That can cause you to be more concerned for the joy of others than you are about your own comfort. Relating can be a time to do away maybe with some of the things you want to do and be there to serve others. In that loving time, it requires burying the hatchets, burying those ill feelings toward others. It may demand forgiveness on your part. Being willing, even if the other party is not willing, being willing to forgive them and let bygones be bygones and and, and forgive them of that and, and not bring it up anymore so that there can be peace towards others. As scripture puts it, that there may be peace among people of goodwill. Maybe we need to exercise that goodwill first. But see, you will never arrive at Christmas if you don't go down the road that leads to Bethlehem. But here's my point. You must have your own spiritual encounter with the Lord. You can come to church. You can surround yourself with believers. You can can hear the Christmas story over and over and over again. But you must have your own spiritual encounter with the risen Lord. Herod said, you go and come back and tell me about it. But the Magi never returned. Herod failed to experience the presence of the newborn king. How sad. You know, Morton Kelsey in his book, Encounter with God, he wrote this. He said, there is really no point in discussing the spiritual realm unless it can become a part of the experience of ordinary people. Unless the ordinary person can experience it. See, if this realm can only be thought about and talked about in these ethereal platitudes, and it's not experienced, then it had better be left to the philosophers and the theologians while we get on with the business of adjusting our lives as best we can to the materialism that we are irretrievably caught up in. If we cannot truly experience it in this life, then we need to just let it go And battle the materialism that we're engulfed in. Folks, this is why Jesus came. Christmas tells us that God came in such a way that we can really experience him in our lives. And I underscore, in our 
lives. In the earthiness, in the day-to-day, in the ordinary, we can experience God in our lives. But you have to be related to Christ yourself. I can't do it for you. We need to get over this business that preachers can bring God to us. I don't bring God to us. Or that revivals can bring back this reality. But I want you to understand something. Pretty tunes and eloquent sermons are simply messages. They do not take you anywhere. You have to go there yourself. You can hear message after message after message after message and never be transformed by the living God. People do it all the time. They go, they sit in churches, they placate their consciences, they get rebooted, a shot of redemption, if you will, but they've never experienced Jesus Christ in a personal way. And apart from him, Scripture says, we're doomed and destined to an eternity in hell. God came in human flesh so that we would not have to pay the consequences of our own sin. So that we could be related and made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he came so that we could be related to him and ultimately related to God. But it's up to you. It's up to each one of us to have our own spiritual experience with the risen Lord. But folks, we don't all have the same, exact same experience. The shepherds out in the field, they had their own experience. The magi, they had their own experience. The apostle Paul, he had his own experience. And we have our own experience with the Lord. See, to find your own spiritual experience with the living Christ, believe like the Magi did and act upon the fact that the Savior has been born and is alive for you today. See, we undertake the quest, the, the pursuit, but we must undertake it with serious purpose. Oh, it's not just Christmas time. It's not just holly jolly Christmas. It's not just, you know, Jack, not, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. It's not that kind of thing. It's about an experience with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. We must have that. Otherwise, we don't know Christ. No one else can have a saving encounter with Jesus for you. You have to have it yourself. It's up to you what the quest for Christmas will mean to you. It can mean that through Christ, you become a child of God. 
I read verse 21 again in chapter 1. She will bear a son, and he shall call, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, that, that is the hope of Christmas. Our Savior has been born. Our Savior has been born. But you and only you know whether you've been saved or not. You and only you know if you've had an encounter with the living Lord. I can't do it for you. Our church leadership can't do it for you. You must do it for yourself. See, God offers His forgiveness. He offers His acceptance as a present to you. The question is, will you accept it? Will you receive it? See, He tells us in John 1, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right, the power, to become the children of God. Folks, apart from that, I'm doomed. Apart from that, you're doomed. And we're still in our sin. The question I ask, have you accepted? Have you accepted that gift from God? Now let me ask you, will you accept it? Because it's a matter of our will. He's already made it available. But we have to decide. Will I accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for my sin when I stand before Almighty God? See, I don't want there to be any doubt. I don't want somebody to sit Sunday after Sunday in this place and not know for sure whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you've never acknowledged Him, if you've never accepted Him, you need to do that today. In just a few moments, we're going to stand together and we're going to sing. And as we do that, that is an opportunity for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit has put something on your heart. It's an opportunity for you to respond. And I invite you to do that. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And as we do, I invite you to come. Let's pray. Loving Father, I thank you for this time. And I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the way your word has so much power. Father, you made a way for us to be saved even when there was no way. Father, I pray for the souls of men and women. I thank you, Father, that you included me. Father, that in my heart, on that day, you spoke to my heart with full volume. 
and let me know that You are real, that You are alive, and that You desire to live within me. Father, I thank You for bringing that light to my life. I thank You for transforming me by Your grace, by Your truth. Father, I ask that You would just burden our hearts as we acknowledge You, as we confess You. Father, as we admit and confess our sin, I do pray, Father, that repentance and surrender would come. Father, that we would push all of the things aside and that you would come into full view. Father, I'm sorry when I've made it about other things. Father, I'm sorry when I've not given you first place. Forgive me when I've fallen short and sinned. Forgive me, a sinner. Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus comes into our heart and he abides in our heart when we ask him to come in. Father, thank you for living in us. Thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I pray that that knowledge that that encounter, that the reality of Jesus Christ would live in each of us today. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.